that's that's really the investment banker mindset. Okay. Because how much money does an investment banker use of their own money? Zero. Zero. They're in this world of abundance. Okay. So when you align yourself with people who want want you, there's this pent up demand for you. You're listening to the Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Hello, great state of Arizona and Azria members. Welcome to another episode of the Azria Show. And on today, we have a very exciting guest that we want to present to you. But before we do that, we always want to welcome you to come to our office, go to our website, asria.org, become more familiar with Asria. If you haven't become a member, we don't know what you're waiting for. It's time for you to take the jump and become a member. So without further delay, we want to introduce you and welcome our executive director, Mike Delpreet. Mike, how are you doing today? Great, man. I am full of energy. Is that better? I got the coffee. <laughs> it all sounds a little bit sounds a little bit better. <laughs> all right, I'm working on it. It's ongoing joke. It. You guys know. It's 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 ongoing, but by the time we get 10, 15 minutes in, it's no stopping him. He drops dimes and gems all the time. So we have Al Williamson here today. And Al Williamson is specialized in extended stay rentals. So he owns a plethora of rentals and he want to introduce that concept to you on today. So Al, how are you doing today? Good. Hey, thanks for having me here. I'm so honored. Love it. All right. So welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome to As Real. We're going to definitely get you in front of everybody here pretty soon. But man, kind of give us your background. How did you get started in real estate, first off? Well, it all started at a church picnic. And I was getting ready to get married and this older fellow pulled me over and he said, you should think about a duplex instead of getting into a house. You guys should think about getting a duplex and living in one side of it and renting out the other. So I thought that was a cool idea. This is back in 96. And wow. I started reading through the library, started, started going from one side, just reading about real estate. And I'm like, I could do these numbers. This sounds great. I like this no money down thing back in 1996. And we ended up, I ended up talking my bride into a threeplex. And that was 26 mm. years ago. Our anniversary is tomorrow, 26. Oh, so congratulations. congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So I pushed her into one of the smallest units of, uh, <laughs> of, of the threeplex. And, and that was good. We started working on it, but we were, it was definitely helping us live with a low overhead. And, and that was great. Yeah, so, it was great. I was... You're, you're saying you were you were house hacking before house hacking was invented? That's that's right. <laughs> that is right. Ninety six. And, and what's cool is it was it, she. It was it was good the first year. She was okay with it. And then it came to the third year, fourth year. She was like had it, but at that time the the whole thing quadrupled in value. So I was a I was a hero then. Mary, where what state was this in? This was in Sacramento, California. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised she made it to year three and four. Normally, after <laughs> no. year one, the wife is like, "Okay, I need the I need the house with the picket fence, the dog, and and everything like that." <laughs> I said, I, "I was milking that honeymoon period." 
<laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's really good because a lot of people get introduced to real estate in different ways. So just imagine if you didn't have that guy at that church picnic, I know. whisper that in your ear. That's amazing. I know. That was, that would, that would put me on a, a different path altogether. Altogether. I still, I'd probably still be working for the man right now. So, so you got, you, you quadrupled in price and what was the next decision? What'd you guys do? Well, we did, we, we, in, in between, we bought a house and we, then we, we bought an eight unit building. And this is in 2002. Okay. okay. So we took that, we took that threeplex and we did a 1031 exchange into a, one of those, you guys remember those tenant in common? You can get like a fractional in, interest. We had turned it into yeah, 3% interest. Problem. Yeah. So that turned out really well until it didn't. <laughs> but that was that was what we did and, and it was great for 10 years and then it kind of dissolved but between then we bought this eight unit building that was in a rough neighborhood one reason that that threeplex quadrupled is because was, there was a, a re revitalization effort going on in in sacramento in this midtown sacramento so it was kind of rough but then a lot of artsy people came in and coffee shops and all those things came in it was a focus interest of Sacramento their agenda to make the area nicer. So that's what happened. So we said, hey, let's get in at the beginning of it on the next one. So we went into this inner city area where we, I felt I can have I could have a little influence. People, people, there was it was heavily rentals, and I got the most problematic unit, eight unit complex, the biggest, most problematic place on that block. That's what I bought. And then wow. Yeah. Offered everyone $500 to move out in uh, 30 days and cleared out the building, except for one person. There was a one straggler, but we got her out. But everyone was very happy with that. It was, uh, it was, it was before Cash for Keys was named. Mm -hmm. It was okay. <laughs> it was $500 Look at so you. they could have a security deposit. They couldn't move. If I have tried to evict them, they still couldn't move because they need that chunk of money for a security deposit and right. to move. So that was the issue. Look at, so I look gave at you, that. Al. You're, you're definitely an innovator. You started with house hacking. You innovated <laughs> with cash for keys. <laughs> so let's 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 talk briefly about that term because that's okay. that's not always something easy to do. Once you buy a unit and it's already tenanted, that can be kind of problematic doing that term. So right. how receptive was everybody to the five hundred dollar cash for keys? Well, the, the, the landscape was no one wanted to be there. Was, the place was completely neglected and had some um, some bug issues and things like that. And there was nothing positive going on there. There was like sometimes seven people in a one bedroom unit and things like that. So okay. they were stuck and, and it was a, a, a crime ridden area. So I came along, gave them a chance for a fresh start. I kind of approached it that way as a fresh start and I they knew I needed to go into those units and fix them because there's all kinds of uh, city mm -hmm. complaints against the against the title it was there's there was complaints against it for housing ordinances it was okay. not a safe place to uh, live so I just used I used that hey I have to clean it up that's part of the deal of buying the place and I, I took care of them okay and we even brought them boxes and rental leads there's another thing. Oh, wow. They, they didn't have computers back then. And you can just jump on internet and do Craigslist back then if you had a computer. Right, right. Not everybody being in that area, not everybody was privy to the internet and having computers. Right. Okay. Right. So, 
So you did the turn. What all did you need to do to the building? Because you said it was in a rough area. Yeah, it was, rough. It was first thing. It was clearing out that it was the gang headquarters for the for the uh, Bloods. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was it. And there was always once we got those folks out, the neighbors just came and thanked me for a, a night without gunfire. Wow. So, so how did you get the Bloods out? What did you do? It was the five hundred dollars. Okay. You I know, thought you had to call the Crips. <laughs> no <laughs> no i just walked in in there and and i was just respectful to them and it, it helps being african-american i was playing that to my to my playing to my Your strengths advantage. yep yeah and and just respectful and just moved them on out awesome man so so now you're at a, a fourplex an eight unit and a single family house yes that's what that's what that's where we were and my focus has always been not the number of units you have but making mm -hmm. them uber profitable that's okay. always been my thing is is mm -hmm. if i could just get around with just one rental that covered everything that would be great so this eight unit was it and and just fixing things going through and being careful and checking wiring it had great bones really good bones this is built in 96 the, the unit so it, it has issues but it, ha it has some okay. really good bones and it was really well placed too. the location of it was really really good that's what happened and it, how it did was you, a, my thing okay how did you was that just on an mls or did you do anything creative yeah deal? It, it stayed on the mls for about a year a guy had a hard time oh wow no one wanted it it was just too it was plagued with so many issues it go on and off and and it was being held for me I, i'm i was a perfect guy it was yeah. i was i'm it and me or meant to be so so it was great and we still hold on to that property you know 20 years later we wow. still have that and it's still the the backbone for for a lot of our financial freedom replacing my my engineering salary so we love okay, it great and love the people in it and it, they they appreciate us too so, so it's a good thing so the eight unit or all 12 no the eight unit so right there man this if you're listening an eight-unit building can replace your income. That's right. That's amazing, man. It's that simple. You don't have to have the fancy cars, five hundred units, all that nonsense. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. owning one little building will change your life. Love now it. let me yep. let me make sure I let me make sure I frame that right because you're saying it right. It, it it covered my expenses. Yeah, I wasn't a baller. You got it on the cover my expenses. Right. So that's the thing. It, it, it allowed me to have a lifestyle of whatever I could build on top of that. I don't have to go to the man. I don't have to listen to a boss yell at me. I don't have to mm -hmm. account for every 50. As an, as an engineering consultant, you have to account, you charge a project number to, for every half hour of your time. <laughs> you got to charge a project number to it. What are you, what are you working on? Right. I didn't have to do that anymore. So wow, that's All what right. it gave me. Just that well, breaking even was great. Well, that's good. I mean, as you can see, it only took a couple of decisions for you to make in order to get to that point. Like Mike was saying, a lot of people think, well, I have to have a massive, huge portfolio for you. It was just looking at, okay, what is my current financial outline? What do I need to cover right. that outline? Let's right. start there. And then we can build on top of that. Um, so you, you got the total 12 units. How did you, how was it now? 
placing tenants in those units because I can guarantee that people knew that knew that eight <laughs> unit. And they were yes. like, no, this is a dump, not living there. Yes. So what was that transition like? Man, that's a great question. So we once we got it cleared out and, and safe and looking pretty good, we started with a, a nonprofit took over the whole building. I was able to rent to them for one year. It was a transitional house. They were the clean and sober living. So that really stabilized it. They had the resources to make sure no nothing exotic happened on that unit. So it was well controlled mm -hmm. by one entity that gave me enough time to break the cycle. Because people still coming coming to that place to do their shopping, they're looking for their supplies. Mm -hmm. And we had to break that cycle. Right. So that gave me a, a that year was really it was perfect. It was a perfect thing at the perfect time for the perfect length of time. Because afterwards, then you try to help get new information out so people can make a new decision about your area and about your location. Okay. So by then, that gave me time to uh, get, get people's phone numbers from the neighbors. Well, first of all, I was, I was, I was kind of a hero because right, right. I got rid of a lot of the, the things that was going mm -hmm. on in the block. And the gangs and the other, drugs. Yeah, there were still other issues, but right. I had had the phone numbers of the other landlords. So I was communicating to them. And uh, there's, there is something called National Night Out, which is the first, uh, first Tuesday in August every year. And it's kind of national thing. It's a, run by the Sheriff's Department where you're encouraged to have a block party, just to increase neighborhood cohesiveness. And, and we, we led that, we, we organized that and we would have that block party. We have the police come through, the fire department come through, bounce houses. We placed the bounce house in front of the drug dealer's home. So we had lots of activity, <laughs> knew we were not scared and we were yeah. communicating. And when you start communicating in the inner city, it breaks that, hey, don't snitch, allows that whole don't snitch mentality, a lot of the bad stuff that happens. Once you start communicating, it, it makes it a bad environment to do your, you do your dirt so people move. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you, Al, about the nonprofit, because that kind of ties into what we're going to be talking about, the extended stay. So you got the, how did you find a nonprofit and did they do the renovations to your building or you did the renovation? Because I know when you work with some nonprofits and they have the city contracts or the government contracts, they have some money allotted for renovation. So how did, how did the, all of that transpire? So they came in just as I had cleaned up the place. They, they didn't do any renovation. Okay. They just brought the clientele and they brought some management and some structure to the place and, and also an in-house manager. So we had someone on site that was watching the place, living there and watching it and reporting out about what's going on. So that was critical, that piece. That's, that's what we needed. Okay. Was, just to break that cycle. Gotcha. Yeah. So were they were they paying per bed or were they paying just per unit? Per unit. Yeah, we had some flat fee. Yeah. So it, it was it was good. I wasn't I wasn't making a lot of money, but it's it's just what I needed. Yeah. Right to stabilize the building. Right. Okay. Right. So is that what is that what sparked the whole extended stay world for you? No. No. No, no. Okay. Fast forward into the future. Okay. Yep. It was, it was a lot of this neighborhood development stuff. It turns out that it's more profitable to communicate with your neighbors and to make your block a safer neighborhood than it than it is to do a bathroom renovation, because it doesn't cost you anything to communicate and 
exercise and leadership. So mm -hmm. through that process, the neighborhood got better and I could start attracting people from the local medical center over. So I got in, in 2016, 2014 is when I landed my first back with the local medical center that was just up the street is within a mile away. Okay. They need a place for their interns to come for six months. So mm. I, I gave them a furnished place and I was booking directly with the medical center. It was great because I was right when I was going to college, I was writing checks to tuition to the regents of the University of California. And now I start getting checks from the regents of the University of California. <laughs> I just love that. Cool. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was great. That was really, really great. That was great. So that's when it started. So you just build up this relationship, or you just walked in the hospital and was like, "Hey, I got these units and looking for tenants." So I was um, on there. They have a board, a uh, housing board, back then for for medical students that come for rental for rotation. Okay. They stay one month at a time. So I was involved in that. And, and I was getting good reviews and, and I was trying to make inroads. Like I didn't know exactly how to do it, but I was also on the, the, the neighborhood business association board. So I would rub, rub elbows with people from the medical center. So all those things, I was expressing my intent and I was doing what I could and serendipity showed up and, and I got a call from them. So, and then I accommodated them. They were having a hard time finding a landlord willing to take them for just six months at a time. Wow. So, so you didn't go out and buy a course and learn all this. You just started doing it. There was no courses Actually. out there. <laughs> yeah. For this. yeah. Yeah. So this is how I did it. And then it was like, well, what am I going to do the other six months? And I had already, I was, I was still a, a traveling engineer. I was, I was still someone who was an essential worker in need of extended stay rentals myself as I stayed and built bridges and oversee construction. Mm -hmm. So I had already discovered Airbnb back in 2011 when I was in San Francisco. And it was very bit and breakfasty like then. It was a lot of come and eat dinner with our family type of thing and until 2015. And then 2015 happened, that's when Business Travel Ready came out with Airbnb. And they said, if you have a unit that is dedicated to business travelers, that you don't live in, then we will, we will promote you to business travelers. So that happened in 2015. And, and that lined up with my, my request from the medical center to, to have a place for six months. So it all came together. So I was like, well, the other, the other six months, I can just do business travel ready with Airbnb. And let me try that out. Wow. So that's how, wow. that's how that whole experiment rolled out. Okay. Well, let's, let's take a brief break here work with my sponsors and when we come back we're going to dig into this even further in regards to extended stay are your real estate dreams on hold with work kids everything else going on time is limited most days you feel like the world's on your shoulders you might even say to yourself if i just had someone to lean on and push me in the right direction i know things would happen quicker well then you need to check out the Deal Finders Club, a community of investors eager to close more deals, sign more contracts, and just get ahead in life. The DFC provides weekly coaching, thriving online community, and all the education you need to be confident. DFC is your fastest path to closing more deals. To learn more, head over to azdfc.com. That's A Z 
dfc.com. All right, guys, and we're back. And Mike, before we before we left during our break, you had a great question for Al. Let's kind of share what that was and kind of what we're talking about as far as extended stays. Really, we were thinking we got a, a good a good idea of his background and where he came from and how he was doing the extended stays kind of naturally. But so my question is, Al. So what is it that you do? What does your business look like now? What is extended stay or just tell us about your operation? All right. All right. So extended stay means that is whatever the order says that short-term rentals are. It's the, it's the opposite. So in, in Phoenix, your codes say that anything 30 days and less is considered short-term rentals. So I pick up 31 days and longer. So that's an extended stay. It's usually month. Old landlords will call it month-to-month rentals. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Month-to-month go. rentals. And when you, when you package yourself that way, insurance companies know what you're doing and uh, other service providers know what you're doing. They're familiar with it. It's, it's a very old thing that's, that now gets into the hospitality industry so we can compete directly against those extended stay hotels that mm-hmm. you guys have so many of them in Phoenix. Yeah. So that's that's the whole thing about it. And that's exactly who we go after is other essential workers such as myself, IT professionals, engineers, nurses, doctors, construction crews, all those types of folks come through as, as well as the, the, the golf people setting up for golf tournaments and things like that. Who are okay. All those crews and, and people who need longer term stays, even a, a seasonal actor um, who's going to be in town for a season is going to be in for three three months needs an extended stay of place. So you get those types of folks who I, who I, the people I prefer the most are the ones who are coming in with a housing allowance from their employer. Those are, those are my favorite types. I call that workforce rentals when it's that way. That's my ideal person. So, so Al, let me ask you this. So you have the property set up as an extended stay, you have it furnished, everything like that. Where do you market? to find okay. the extended stint, the people that, that need your services? That's a great question. So the answer is that is, is you, there's, a, well, let me bring you in this way. The answer is that you, you wanna be findable. People, when they're looking for an extended stay, they start at Google. Oh, <laughs> so that okay. means you really need a Google strategy and you need everything related to that. You need your website. You, you wanna build up backlinks so that you have your own thing. In addition to that, that's your primary thing is to become findable to people. That's your, your main objective. You can supplement that as your, I call it a safety net with Airbnb and VRBO, those other travel agencies to supplement your business, but you should not be overly reliant on those businesses. So that's the big difference between okay. what I, the way I come at it with these, your, as a housing solutions provider, versus an Airbnb host is, is completely different. So true. Okay. And, and do you notice when it comes to, um, it seems like the short-term rental is more appealing or more accepted maybe in communities or the city versus short Airbnb style. Right. These extended stays are, are much more accepted. It brings in a completely different audience. It brings in the, the, the traveler, not the tourist. And, and you guys get quite a few tourists and, and that really helps your economy. Absolutely. I mean, you can make a great business off of tourists 
it, it has a lot of churn. And if you can do that well, if you like that type of thing, people moving in and out and then great, that's, that's important to an economy. But so are travelers who come in for an extended period of time and, and they, they feel like they want to be part of the community more so. And they're the ones who are looking to get that full experience. They want to know where the best local coffee shop to them is. They want to become a, a local. That's with different things. I, okay. I love what you say. The tr- we bring in the travelers, not the tourists. Right. I cater to travelers, not tourists. And you like people that has okay. housing allowances. So, so what does your operation look like right now? Like, do you have, are these in Sacramento or yeah. Florida? I'm, Where are you at? I'm big. I'm really big. And I, and I promote clustering. It brings in a lot of efficiencies. So I cluster. We have 29 in, of units in 29 doors in Sacramento. And I'm responsible for the marketing of all, all of them. And my, my, my business now looks like some with my wife. So we have an LLC with that. Some with easy corporate housing. That's, that's my corporate housing business. And then my S Corp. No, no, no. Excuse me. My, my LLC with my wife, we, we partner with different people as well in, into different things. So all, okay. but I'm responsible for marketing all of those things and keeping them filled. That's, are, are that's there websites? Are they, I think you kind of went over a little bit, but like how there's Airbnb, VRBO, is there stuff like that that you use? So one important thing is corp, your company website, of course, you okay. need that. And then we create a website, a web page for every single unit. So every unit has its own web page. If we want to talk to you about Vibe, we send you a, a link to that and it has everything on it. So that's the key. If you want to be able to get direct bookings, and if you're talking to somebody on the, that you're meeting at an HR, you're trying to talk to that company about housing for them, you want to share a, a, a link to a one-page website so that they can look at your unit. You don't want to share your Airbnb link. <laughs> of course. You don't want to yeah. share a link to anything else. Yep. You want them a one-page dedicated website to just that unit so that they can share and that they can stay focused and, and you can answer all their frequently asked questions and really give them the experience of what that of what you're talking about. That's the magic okay. pill. That's it. That's the magic right there. So wow. so real quick, Al, what about pricing? So how do you price these units to the market? Because it's not short term, it's not long term. So how do you find that that pricing base? I mean, that's a great question. Be, now, these extended stay hotels, those those are the folks I compete against. They've done okay. all the work. They've done all the work for me. They they've done all the work for me. They set up this whole envelope. I know the the low end. I know the high end, and they set up the, that envelope. So so typically to get started, you want to come in less than the low end. You want to maybe be ten percent less than the low end of it. And then you know for sure that you're gonna pick up some, if you can, if you can become findable and you're, and you're mm-hmm. saving people money and giving them more, it's a no brainer then. Okay, so you just undercutting the market, getting started. Undercutting the market and providing more value. Absolutely. Yep. And, and there's another thing, there's, there's more layers of it. I'm gonna get into that when, especially on Wednesday, when, yeah. When people are out for a month or longer, they get lonely. So there's an emotional side that you have to address for for travelers. They want to get connected to the community. So as a housing solution provider, you want to 
make it easy for them to, to know where to go, where the locals go and what to do. So that's something that the extended stay hotels okay. just won't do. They'll give you a list of restaurants, but they won't try to answer that question and, and tell you like, not where, not what's around, but what's, what's your favorite place? What's, yeah. when you go there, what's mm-hmm. the favorite thing that you like to eat there? So it's, it's gotcha. predicting what people need to make them feel connected to the community. That is, that's it. Well, that's what's needed. So, so you, you talk about, you got 29 doors, right? I'm just getting started. I don't got much money, man. How are you buying 29 doors, man? Like, what do I do? <laughs> I'm just getting started, man. What's the key here? Well, you start with one. Okay. You start with one and you learn the craft. Okay. One, learn the craft. And, and from, from there, once you get that going, you, you just do your next one from there. And I, I'm a big fan of private money. Mm-hmm. And because these mm-hmm. things, if you set them up correctly, you can break even within 10 to 12 months. And so get all your startup money back. Yep. Or get all wow. the, the, or pay off your private lender in, in that period of time. And then they can give you that money back. You can, and the same money you go take and set up another one. So learning the principles, learning the fundamentals, just like every sport. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. like everything, take your time to learn the fundamentals, learn what the market is. This is this is a different animal than Airbnb, than, than people doing these short-term rentals. It's a different part of the hospitality industry altogether. It's not even, land, it's different than landlording. When landlording is more adversarial, you and your tenant is kind of an adversarial setup. And this hospitality is the exact opposite it's, it's yes. Hey, you want to do that? Yes. And this is how much it's going to cost. Love it. What, what you want to bring that? Okay. Yes. And this is how much it's going to cost. So it's a very accommodating type of setup. So it's like some people think that they're a great chef. Marcus, you might be a great chef, know everything about cooking, but that doesn't mean you can run the retail, the produce section of the grocery store. Yeah. Right. Doesn't mean, right. doesn't mean everything about farming. There's these different segments. So, so that's what's all about. And I love coaching people through that. That's, that's my thing man, at this point. It's probably the most rewarding thing that I do. Love it, man. So, so let's talk about your, you're coming out to Phoenix. Oh yeah. So, coming soon. <laughs> so our, yes, coming soon, November, Monday, November 14th, which is our 20th year anniversary. So uh, we'd love to have everybody out there. We're actually doing a, a big charity drive for Maggie's Place, which helps single mothers with kids. So we're encouraging everyone to bring in some items that we have listed and they get, we're going to do a big raffle and everything else. So you'll be there to see all that. We're giving away a lot of experiences, TVs and all this cool stuff. So it'll be a good time, man. That's uh, right on. I'm gonna yep. buy. I'm gonna buy up all the tickets. There, no, no buying. You there gotta, you go. You bring in charity gifts, so you got to hit the store and you get more tickets. Okay, okay, okay. Bring. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, uh, so Monday, November fourteenth, you're gonna be with. So you're gonna do an educational piece for an hour at the event for us. So I'm very excited to have you. Where we? What's going on on Monday? Like, what are you gonna talk about? We're gonna talk about this. The really the opportunity. I'm gonna show you about what's going on by in your market by showing you what the, these different brands of extended stays are doing, what's going on there. And then I'm going to help you understand this whole thing about being a, what and how an investment banker would tackle this opportunity, not an investor. How would an investment banker come about into your market and what would they do? 
So, because you have a great opportunity and with that mindset, get people thinking. Okay. So that, that, so you'll do that presentation in Phoenix on the 14th. Then we head to Tucson on the 15th, do the same presentation for our Tucson chapter. Then we're going to invite everyone back on Wednesday, the 16th, November 16th from 68 here at the office. And the headline here is a view from the new frontier, providing housing solutions for the mobile workforce. So what, what are we diving into on Wednesday night? That's really coming in, understanding what people are looking for. This, this, what is this mobile workforce? Things have changed. And a lot of people aren't aware of it. When you got that laptop, that meant that you could work nearly anywhere, coffee shops or wherever, and you could be more mobile and people who work off their smartphones. So businesses want people to go places now They're, and, and, and employees want to stay put and take care of their aging parents and things. So mm -hmm. you got this crossroads of what's going on. That's the rise of the essential worker, rise of the mobile workforce. There's, there's more and more of that. So understanding, so Mondays and Tuesdays, the opportunity you have, and then understanding what people want and what's going on in this post-COVID world where the rules have just been blown up, right? During COVID, everything's oh, yeah. blown up. So people like, they, they want location independence as part of their, their job description. And what does that yep. mean? And employees, employers want people to be mobile to take care of their clients. So what does that mean? A lot, so, of, a lot of opportunity there. There's a lot of opportunity there. So understanding that and the different audiences allows you to, to serve them in a, in a way that allows them to save some of their housing allowance. Mm. Oh, and do they get to keep that? That's tax-free. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. wow. All right. So, so we're putting, we're going to overlap that. Wednesday's the overlap on that so that you can, Get that aha. This is what's going on. This is what's going on. All right. So yeah, I get that's another strategy. That's how you're gonna get more of the returning clients or people working with you if you're educating them how to make more money while they're staying at your your place, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they're they're naturally right. traveling. The reason they're traveling is to make more money. Yeah. And you're just helping them, you're aligning yourself with them, and they they see you as a big benefit. All right. So so that's Wednesday. Then Saturday, November 19th, 9 to 3, here at the office in Phoenix, how to generate passive income with or without owning rentals so you can retire in two years. It's a big right. statement now. How that's are we going to do it? How are you going to show us? Well, that's that's really the investment banker mindset. Okay. Because how much money does an investment banker use of their own money? Zero. Zero. They're in this world so of abundance, Okay. So when you align yourself with people who want, want you, there's this pent up demand for you. And then there's so many, uh, clearly I'm gonna show you what's going on with your extended stay world, how many hotels there are because they're there because the market's there. Yeah. So I'm gonna show you proof of this demand. And then I'm gonna show you that people wanna feel connected. They, they wanna save money and they wanna travel. And that's the opportunity. Now you can fund it with, people who are losing buying power because their money's in the bank or they don't have very much of it. They don't have opportunities to grow their funds. So now you can, now you have a source of money, you got a source of client and um, you got plenty of housing stock out there. I'm gonna show you that as well. Just putting it all together, making it happen. So since speaking of putting it all together, so that's Monday, November 14th, 
November 15th at our meetings, November 16th here at the office, November 19th, Saturday all day with us, put it all together and show us the extended state business. I'm really excited for it, man. Are you going to be here in town this time? Absolutely. Are you, are you really going to check your yes, schedule? Yes, yes. Check your schedule? <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm in town. I'm not going anywhere. Not all going right. anywhere. No time soon. <laughs> so, cool. Al, man, thank you so much. We really appreciate you being on today and we look forward to your presentation coming up for the the meeting here. So we excited. I'm pretty sure the listeners are excited. So we welcome the opportunity to hear everything you got to say, because this is something new. It's something different. And we definitely see the benefit and the opportunity of it. Right on, right on. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So, so Al, how, do, how does someone get a hold of you? If they want to talk to you in the meantime, maybe online, social media, what do we do? You can, you can capture everything from me. You can grab all my stuff and some free giveaways, some of my books and, and, and some audios if you go to landlordscientist.com. Easy. All yeah, right. Landlordscientist.com. You're going to get some giveaways and you'll get on my, my list and you'll be have my email address and you're all set. If you want special treatment, tell me you're Azria member. Please tell me you're Azria member. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, hey, all right. Uh, Thank you, man. Thanks for being here. I know you're busy. We'll we'll see you in two weeks. Two weeks. And I'm sure we'll be in touch before then anyway. All right, everybody. Signing off. Thank you for another successful episode of the Azria Show. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.